What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big Thing. So excited that you're joining me here today. I'm pumped for today's episode, man. I got my buddy Steve Zergoz on. I haven't uh, had an opportunity to talk to him. And we I'm, I'm sorry, I have to apologize. We already probably did around five minutes of the show that you'll never hear because it's 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 out in the world because we just started having conversations and we did that thing that most people do. Say, save it for the show. Save, save, save for the show. Save for the show. Uh, I can't wait to talk to Steve. I got, I've, I've known Steve for a while. We've, we always run into each other when we do. It's like, it's one of those friendships that when you see somebody, do you talk to them all the time? No, maybe not as much. Much as you, as you want to right but when you do you can't stop talking to each other we'll run it we'll run into each other somewhere and we'll geek out whatever the hell it might be it could be star wars it could be whatever uh, we just talked about how incapable we are except uh, anything putting our stupid faces on camera and talking into microphones and we've been talking about a lot of that today uh, i want to see what he's up to man this guy's super funny super talented and to just bullshit we could be like as i mentioned i i don't know if he gives a shit about the batman i don't know if he cares about if he liked spider-man i don't know what t TV shows he's watching, but he's somebody I want to know all that stuff about. So that's what we're going to do. So if you haven't done that already, you should subscribe to this channel. It's a brand new channel. You guys know that I've only been around for like four or five months. Now we're doing pretty good. And it's because you guys are subscribing. You're hitting the subscribe button. You are hitting the notification button. That is what is helpful. That is what keeps us going. And to uh, subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify. We're getting bigger on Spotify. And that's because you guys keep on doing that, whether you watch it on YouTube's or not. All right, enough with me. Steve Zaragoza coming in hot, ladies and gentlemen. It's the big thing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's a big thing. Another digital show. Yay. Well, I'm excited today because I get to talk to my pal, Steve, and I'm going to stop talking about Steve. I'm just going to bring Steve in. So there he is, ladies and gentlemen. It's Steve Sarkos. Oh, wait. Who's he talking to? Wait. Dang, I gotta do this stupid show. Oh. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. It's not very nice, dude. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was such a nice intro. You were so nice. And then I was like, what's a funny thing I can do when I come in here? That <laughs> sure. don't, don't worry. I'll insult you enough with the time the show is over. But yeah, uh, no. It's a Go pleasure ahead. to have you, man. We haven't talked in a bit. Yeah, man. And you know, it's so funny because everything, first of all, thank you for having me. And I, I, you know, we've been, we've been friends for quite a while. And, uh, but, and, and, you know, we've, we've like worked together. We've like done all sorts of stuff together. And, uh, you know, we just have never been able to kind of just like sit and bullshit and just bullshit. Yeah. Because yeah. what we do. Do you know the last time I can tell you the last time we did that? I want to see if you can guess. And it's actually probably the first time I met you. Can you can do you can you guess? Was there some kind of like schmodown? I mean, there was definitely a schmodown, but I don't think that was it. That I, I know that that wasn't where I met you. I, I can tell you where I met you. Okay, where did you meet me? Remind me. I did a Star Wars show before I did Jedi Council. I did a Star Wars show called Far, Far Away, and Tiffany Smith introduced them. I was just going to mention Tiff Tiffany yeah. Smith, name drop. Yes. Name drop. Name drop. And yeah, I, and we got to talk I, about Star Wars. We did. We, both, we were just talking Star Wars. That was before everybody and their mother did a Star Wars podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did Far, Far Away, kind of turned into Jedi Council, but we, it was... I do as I do, like as I said, I'm part of the mothership now because I, I also do another Star Wars show, but this one I have kind of gone back to the roots of far, far away, where it's very similar to this, where it's just it, it's less of that panel show, and you've known you've been part of the panel show. So oh like, yeah. It's less of the panel show, and it's more about I think what because you're one of the YouTube guys, man. You're one of the ones that really were part of this thing to watch the explosion happen. And I think 
tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel that what happened was when, at least when Mark and I got into doing Schmoes No in 2008, it was all about the YouTuber and the connection with the audience and the, to the camera conversation. And then something happened in that sphere from like 2013 to like 2018, where the the, the Nerdists and the IGNs and the, and the, the, the colliders and the, and the screen junkies, the corporate side of it started to get into it and it got popular for a bit. And then the audience just said, nah, we want to see you guys talking to the camera again. And then that happened to explode. Is, do you feel the same? Yeah, <clears throat> it's been really hard to kind of like pinpoint a lot of uh, a lot of where things changed and and but it's so funny that you mentioned 2013 2014 because yeah because it's right around then when uh when uh studios and big companies started to take notice of the momentum of the YouTube world yep. and how there was like some big money there and yep. it took a little while for people to kind of see that and then uh and then studios and stuff started throwing money at youtube channels and stuff and then that's when uh kind of you saw a big explosion of a lot of different content yeah, disney bought maker back in the day you know that yeah like, that was so huge remember that massive that was a big thing and yeah all that stuff was going down and it was like all the people that had got in early enough were like making money and, and really and figuring yeah. it out and then like the the, the pioneers yeah, and it and it felt like okay, so there's just this really easy formula you have to follow, and as long as you have like a little bit of a personality, you could make this thing work, and and that's what it, a lot of that stuff relied on for a long time. It's like crypto. <laughs> yeah, it is like crypto. Yeah, Isn't right. it funny how all these trends kind of come and go, and you're like, Same. well, I could have seen this shit coming. Yeah, and, and, you know, and everyone's just like, man, I should have, should have, could have, would have. Everyone's got their like uncle who had a crypto wallet full of, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always it's and it's always the crazy <laughs> uncle until the crazy uncle becomes the <laughs> uncle because that was right, right. I was the crazy uncle around when I was because remember Mark and I were were just around the stand up. I started at the comedy store that was my place and and that's how i met mark and we were doing youtube reviews and i remember it was almost like to my wife's friends my girlfriend at the time i was like the alcoholic boyfriend it was like oh, dude is he okay is he doing <laughs> he's doing youtube videos is he gonna be all right he's working at a studio and now he's he's doing he's yeah no, yeah serious dude it was the same exact wording for me and my friends and family because i worked at uh sony pictures for like five years doing like sound design work and then like yeah. i worked in their video team and shit and i really lucked into that job and uh and it was nice and i had like you know uh health insurance and right. like uh, right. a, a 401k whatever that was at the time <laughs> And uh, I had all this like nice cushy shit. And then uh, this YouTube opportunity came along. And at that point I had been so uh, done with like the corporate environment. And I was bursting at the seams with like comedy juice and like entertainer juice. Sure. And everyone was like, what the hell are you doing behind a desk in a cubicle? You need to go be an energetic bastard on screen somewhere. Yeah. And then I took a YouTube job and all of my friends were like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, you man? Doing? Like you're leaving this like right. good job, this good corporate studio job yeah. to go be a goofball on a YouTube. Oh, dude, it was the same. I worked, I worked for uh, when I was working at Warner brothers, working for Joel Silver at the time. And Damn. 
But remember that the thing that was even crazier then is right now, you know, the business well enough, too, that it's if a production company gets like one movie off the ground a year, that's a good thing. Usually it could be hopefully within one or two years, they get one or maybe two movies off the ground. Right. 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 And totally. Not in the development side. Never. Silver <laughs> was doing Dark Castle and Silver Pictures at the same time. Plus the oh, bullshit that they had, right. whatever, and that, and so there were there were probably anywhere between three to five movies that could come out in a year for silver, right? With Dark Castle, of course. And yeah. I was work, I was getting piss money. I was getting like maybe five fifty a week. But right? weren't you like loving just being there? You were oh, like, I don't give a no. shit how much you pay me. No, not at oh, all. Oh no, you were. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was miserable, and I, I mean, yeah. I, but why did you do it? Yeah, I'll tell you for two reasons. One, right. The one reason was that it was exactly what you're saying. The connections that I still have to this day, the people that I met, the understanding of the business in general was like going to school. So, oh the, yeah, dude. So in hindsight, big time. Yeah. In hindsight, but during remember making five or five fifty working for two dudes who were busy, like they were so cheap uh, at the company, not the two dudes, but the the, the business themselves, the uh, Joel and and the money paying five fifty for two. I was I was assistant for two guys at a heavy level um, rate. Like they they all had movies coming in, rates, things I had to deal with. So it. I got to a point where I was like, look, I'm going to leave. I got to split to like one to like one dude. And I started working with my buddy, David Gambino, who I'm still friends with, wound up running uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s company, right? This guy. Holy but shit. Tight. Susan Downey was the ran the whole thing. Who's who's Robert's wife. Like it was it was a great experience in hindsight because of the stuff. And I met good friends. But yeah, dude, it was it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I could say a lot of terrible things about the corporate experience, the studio system yes. experience. Yes. But but I choose to kind of hang on to all that good stuff. And better man than me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, because that's the thing. It's like you know, you worked your ass off to fill someone else's pocketbook. Right. And you really were like a helpful person probably. And you probably did great work. Like, you know, uh, I need to see how far away I am from certain NDAs, but you know, there's a lot of places where you put your heart and soul into it and you feel like it's uh, for nothing. Uh, but, but, but that's what you're like, 20s are for you know right. <laughs> your 20s and early 30s right. once you're past your 30s you you know the, the hope is is that you're not doing that anymore you're like somewhere exactly. a little bit healthier you get well you get to that cliff that of uh, the cliff with the safe jump it's like should i yeah. still do the jump which ultimately for us turned out to be a safe jump but you don't know that at the time you like it's a big risk yeah. everyone has to everyone you're right that jump is a big moment for a lot of people it's like right. you know i mean some of you listening might even be at that point where you're like man i'm at a fork in the road in my right. life and i'm like is this a decision that's going to ruin my life or help my life and nobody knows and nobody can help you yep. and it's literally on you and no one else to make the decision and it's fucking terrifying and everyone's scared when they do it and it just so happens that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I'll tell you this, Christian, yeah. and I'll tell you this, listeners, whoever's listening to this right now, mom, it's worth it. It's worth it to take the plunge, even yeah. if it doesn't work out. 100%. Because what's the alternative? You're stuck in the little rat wheel, the right. little hamster wheel. <laughs> Look, you got to tell you also, I'm still taking jumps. You know, I'm still you I'm, have to. I'm still taking jumps. And like I, I as I mentioned in the beginning of this, I've been telling people that are new to it. I was I had I started this channel 
this one that we're on right now, like about four or five months ago, right? And right. as I was telling some people, it, and and you know, Steve, you've been through this journey many times. Like Mark Ellis and I, when we started Schmoes in a different landscape in YouTube at the time, it took us around two to three years to get to around 25,000 subscribers, right? Sure. I, we have reached 33,000 in this channel in four months. And, that, and that's from nothing, right? Like that's from nothing. nothing? Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge deal, man. That's huge. Because most people work forever and ever and never get there. And uh, but you guys never gave up. And that's that was that was part of the. But it goes into your what you were just telling people. You got it. You've, it's, it's a matter of taking a jump. And sometimes and I can tell you from personal experience, that jump is not always easy because the first jump, if we're talking about like when you and I are working for studio systems, saying to our friends and family, I'm going to do this easier to do for me anyway, because at the time I was just going up. And another reason why I was, it, it was more of a hard experience because I would work at silver from, I would go in around like eight 39 in the morning, get off around 7 PM and drive to the comedy store, drive to those places. And I'm not, not get to bed. The until, old hustle, the old Hollywood yeah. hustle. <laughs> I'm in my twenties at the time. Right. I don't have two kids. I'm not married. So like, it's easier for me to go, well, what, who, no one's who cares what I do. I can do whatever the hell I want to do as opposed to now, if I tell my wife, you know, I'm going to quit my job and just do stand up full time. She's like, who? Who's doing? Uh, <laughs> there's another human here that yeah. will uh, be that will be at the receiving end of that yes. decision, Bring not just dog. you. <laughs> and how's the dog going to eat? Because the hot dog club. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but I've never regretted. Uh, like you know, and you could regret a lot of decisions in your life. Whatever, it's normal to have regrets or whatever. Everybody's yeah. got regrets or whatever. But you know, the big giant leaps we're talking about. You don't you it's best to just find the good stuff that came out of those jumps, yeah. even if it wasn't because you can't otherwise, again, you're just living in that gloom and doom and it's, it's yep. helpful to just, so for me, it's like every jump I've made, whether it was a bad decision or not at the end of the day, I still don't regret it because those jumps are like big growing moments for you that everybody needs. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just this stagnant little cartoon character that's like never, never changes. And that's not good. It's true. You know, but I do want to ask you, though, when you were working at the studio, you decided, hey, I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to do my own thing. People are telling you, you got to get your ass on camera. And then you wind up, like you said, working for YouTube. Now, how did you get involved with SourceFed, Phil, all those guys? Was that something that happened from the beginning or did it start at a different place and then jump to, you know, then eventually lead to that? How did that all come to be? Uh, so while I was at Sony, I was like, um, I mean, I've always been like a goofy boy making jokes and being a, a, a weirdo and a loud, obnoxious, weird person. That's why we get along. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I would just hear from my, my coworkers that, it that, um, and even before the Sony job, like I worked a lot of retail jobs and shit like that. And people are like, what the hell are you doing here? You got to be on TV. You got all these funny opinions and shit. And you make people laugh and you make people comfortable. And that's like a crazy combination that you should be utilizing in the entertainment world. And I've always wanted to do entertainment shit. So even working at the studio uh, in a non-entertainer position, but in still like working in the system and feeling like you were a part of the system, right. I felt like I was as close as I was going to get. So I was like taking what I could get at the time and uh, and also not feeling super confident about doing anything that other than that, because 
you know, I didn't go to college. I didn't graduate high school. Like I dropped out of all of this shit. I'm just kind of like a big weird loser that somehow managed to like make his squeeze his way into the studio I, system. I, that's the thing. That's the, 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 hold hold that thought. But I but it shows you the power of words. It shows oh, you totally. You're, you're a phenomenal talker, and you're you're really good in the room. You got that personality. It doesn't surprise me, and I'm sure yeah. that, that, that's what did it for you, dude. Being good in the room, and thank you first of all. And I'm I've learned to kind of accept that part of myself, and then it, you know, and that's a helpful thing too when you see your strengths, and then accept when people are sh- telling you what your strengths are yeah. and it aligns with what your strengths are. And then you accept it. It's all good, healthy stuff that everybody should, you know, get to at some point. Hey, try out confidence for, for a change yeah. people out there. Why don't you try on that confidence hat Amazing, yeah. uh, and it's see what funny. it feels like for a second. It's real nice. Funny. Yeah. It's nice. Um, but uh, the, the energy in the room is so important. Uh, and, and, you know, Christian and I, as when you said in the beginning of the show, you were like, every time we bump into each other, we end up kind of just rambling on about all this different shit and nerd out about all this shit. And so this is really going to be tangential and jump around. But when you said energy in the room, that's such a funny, important thing about the industry that people don't really talk about, Uh, you know, because there's charisma. You can think about an actor like Will Smith, who apparently has this golden charisma that uh and and because he is just this very charismatic uh person uh and uh and that's so important in the room because people are like oh that charisma is going to translate to a uh, a good work a good actor or a good comedian or whatever uh and so you know <laughs> this is so tangential please, please. But but uh, but it's about Star Wars, kind of, because yeah, yeah. inevitably we're always going to get to Star Wars. Yep. Uh, but uh, it, as our humble begin, our meet cute was a Star Wars thing, so we yeah. <laughs> might as well swim in the Star Wars pool. Right. Uh, but uh, I remember watching the prequels uh, semi recently and having a very strong opinion about them, and uh, especially Hayden Christensen. Uh, uh, who is a a divisive uh, uh, (laughs) divisive person in the Star Wars zeitgeist, if you will. I I think used to be. I think used to be. Okay, so yeah, totally used to be. But for me, I don't know if I've ever lost it because I didn't really... And see, and this is where... So I had to kind of like stop doing like movie stuff and movie opinion stuff. Like I'm trying... I miss it because I love it so much. But anytime I would talk about movie shit, I piss off so many the fucking politics. people. <laughs> like, and you know this. Oh, yeah. Like, the last, you know Jedi, this. last Jedi, you might as well have said, well, how do you know they stormed the Capitol? It's <laughs> yeah. It's such a hot button. But I remember I was talking to uh, some friends and I was like, why the fuck did they choose Hayden Christensen to be Anakin? Yeah. Like why of all the actors in all the world. And we got some heavy fucking hitters in the, Leo in the early two thousands. What's the Leo first? I mean, come on, dude. Like imagine Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, being directed by George Lucas, which would be oh. kind of, <laughs> I mean, George, but look, Harrison Ford did it, but this, look, this is, this is what I'm going to say about Hayden. Christensen, why, why I am. Tell me what you're going to say about Hayden Christensen. And then I'll tell you how it pertains to oh, this. Tell me, that, tell me that first. Tell me that first. Well, well, well no, because like it, very quickly, I just, 
I just pressed the question, why Hayden Christensen? Yeah. And a friend of mine who is who works in the industry and uh, has worked with some of these folks in the in the Disney world and in the Star Wars world. It was Hayden Christensen. It was Hayden Christensen. He said to me, he said, the rumor is, is that Hayden Christensen blew everyone the fuck away in the room. I don't know if you've heard this or knew this. But I this heard, was I heard, I heard that he had a rhinoceros penis. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> so this might be some like exclusive insider goss. Well, well he had a huge penis and that's what it was. No, but I've heard from people who were like who might know that apparently the word is is that he blew everyone away in the room and he lit up the room and was this charismatic person in the room and he just he just commanded the room and that's such an important thing and if that happens and you get that on tape and you show that to executives and everybody everyone's gonna feel that shit and go like absolutely you chose the right guy but then the second they're on screen it's like uh oh i think what you just said there is actually going to further my point that i was going to make so i heard that part of it because the what you have to understand and what is fair to us as viewers is that what we see is what is put on screen that's what we see so the interpretation that you get out of hayden christian's performance is rightfully in your opinion to say well that's what i saw and here's my opinion on it i don't i think there's a thousand other guys they could have got that would have done better than that (laughs) yeah but the other side of that is what we don't always look at that we've heard about george lucas is notorious terrible with actors yes (laughs) <laughs> Terrible actor. So it's like, what do Correct. I do now, George? I just stand there and do what you have to do. And, and, <laughs> just and, read what's on the page. He doesn't give a shit. All he wanted to do at that point was you say the lines. I'm going to make it look cool. I'm going to make it look like there's a ton of robots and droids behind you. And that's all we got to do. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. here's this kid who is not, who blew away everybody in the room, who thinks he's going to come in and be able to do that. But instead, he's brand new to the process. He doesn't understand. And he's kind of like, uh, and then he, he when he does this sinister kind of creepy look to Padme in Attack of the Clones, he's like, yes, my lady. It's like someone needs to tell him, don't do that. Don't he's doing that. George Lucas. He's, he's doing George Lucas. It's, it's like George R. R. Martin is what he's doing. It, you know what, though? Like something tells me that George Lucas was writing all that romance shit and was like, this is so fucking good. And 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 but the truth is, is that it's like when it's like fan fiction. Like it's like it's like, you know, because George Lucas is like kind of a nerd, right? Like he's a nerd. He's a nerd like we all are. He's just like wrote one of the greatest things ever and changed science fiction forever and fantasy forever. Yeah. Uh, And and is and will always be in my and and let me just say this. I fucking love George Lucas. I'll always love George Lucas. There was a time where I was upset with him for the decisions that he was making and the things that he was doing, the things that he did. Right. To those movies that meant so much to us, the special editions. Yeah, yeah. No, you know the yeah, exactly. All of that we know everything. McClunky, oh, like yeah. he just hasn't stopped, and, <laughs> and, he, and he just <laughs> even when he's retired, he's still making changes. He's just like, look, one more thing. There's an email to Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Look, I know the deal's done, but yeah. you gotta throw McClunky in there. I had a dream, and <laughs> but anyway, I love him so much. But I think that he his he shouldn't be writing romance, and I think it was really cringe when yes. he wrote all that stuff. And I think I have a I have a a theory that Hayden Christensen was like playing it away in a way that probably really worked and wasn't cringy and weird. Yeah. 
And and then Lucas was like, let's have dinner. And then they had dinner and he was like, here's how I want you to approach these scenes. And then he gave him his version of it. Giving, and then you're giving him. <laughs> he said nothing. He yes. Do whatever you want. And and Hayden's like, "How was that?" And he's like, "Fine, go to the next." (laughs) I want you to be creepier. George Lucas, have you heard this portion of my interview with? Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to have you, sir. I'm I'm obviously a massive uh, fan of everything that you've done. I know you hear that quite often, but uh, so thank you for joining the show. First and foremost, try to get the. uh, Hold on a second. I've lost some weight during uh, quarantine. You look good. Whoa, that that's yeah. Yeah, my wife Melody keeps me in shape. Uh, Yeah. Well, listen, I heard you guys talking about uh, these new shows. They're just, they're, they're so great. It's, yeah, it's see, that's so the thing. So much, yeah. Wait, glad. you had George Lucas on this show? Listen, what I know that you work very close with Dave Filoni, that he is somewhat of the heir apparent. The one person you were like, the you're, you were like Yoda to Filoni. him. And, yeah. and, and I heard, and you can deny or not deny that, that you're not a massive fan of the films, but the TV shows, that's, that's more your speed. Yeah, well, it's it really uh, you know pays homage as you said, pays tribute to the yeah. uh, Joseph Campbell uh, you know mythological idea of the hero's journey and the obviously uh, you know has that lived-in world has that look and uh, has that feel to it right. and there's and there's some really hot uh, you know Twi'leks in there too. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> that's the great Josh Robert Thompson. Um, Dude, that's he, great. That sounds just fucking he, like him. He does. He does. Um, he does. George, he does. He, he went, we did a thing. He was on the show. We did a, he did a thing where, because did you know that, that Morgan Freeman was up for Mace Windu at one point? I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. So he he does a spot on Morgan Freeman. <gasps> Morgan Freeman doing Mace Windu. Oh it's, yeah, it's incredible. So it was yeah, but I knew you'd get a kick out of that. But yeah, yeah, man, like I think that that's where it comes down with Hayden Christensen, right? And he he is a really talented actor, and I think that you're gonna see that in the Obi Wan series. I uh, dude, told I think you're right. I think you're right because when you've seen him directed by other people, you're like, oh, he's good. He's yeah. really good. And yeah. it and look. <sighs> This is where people were like, <laughs> this is when on your show, people were like, this this Steve guy was pretty good until this part. <laughs> no, 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 this, this is the beauty of this show. This show so far and just wait, until, I guess, wait until we hit 50,000 subscribers. The people have been cordial thus far and the conversation has been good and it's been it's been great. So please go ahead. And- yeah, well, because 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 you like. Uh, you're a good guy, Christian, and you're uh and <laughs> and you've worked in this industry for a while and you've done this fan fandom stuff, you've done this nerd world stuff for a very long time, and uh you have worked to the point where you've curated an audience of mostly at this point probably respectful people. Yeah, like all the shitheads have fallen off to a point, right? Like that's the thing they don't really tell you about when you build these audiences, especially when you build them around something so uh, divisive as fandom right. is that you really bring along everybody. Right. And if you do it long enough, you get to a point where you either piss people off so badly that they leave yep. or you piss them off so badly that they make it their life's work to make you feel like absolute shit forever. <laughs> it's true. 
Yeah, no, I, I, but look. you can, but you can get to a point where you're like, you don't bother me. I don't give a fuck what you say. Do your own show, yeah. and then we'll talk. And and then you get to a point where you're like, look, this is just my opinion, and I'm never gonna change. And I think if you do that long enough, you you the people who respect that stick around. And yeah. most of the time, those are people who, who are respectful of other people's opinions and understand that they're just opinions. Yeah. I think yeah. you've reached that point with your audience. Is that fair to say? I think that it's fair to say, and as I, as I like, like I mentioned to you, I do think that even having, a, even though I'm very proud of the fact of where we've grown so far in four or five months, it's still in, in, as you can attest to, it's a smaller portion of once you get to a place of, let's say, a million subscribers, right? That's a lot of people. And what I always say is, remember this, that because of the internet, the best person that you've ever interacted with that you would say, not, not someone in your family, right? But the best human being that you've ever met that's still in this world right they have access to the internet now the worst person in the entire world that you have even met <laughs> or not met has access to the internet so what we <laughs> the same way with that, that kind of that understanding of the people that you talk to that you think that oh that's a decent human being people that you would never associate with because you go that's a horrible human being they could comment on your video and you think you're having a casual conversation with them and they just want chaos and there's also right. the other side what i've gone on the other side of that though is to also realize i also haven't lived in that person's shoes in the same way that i think that look yeah i've gone through some shit in my life i don't know if that person has gone through mental trauma i don't know if that person has had a, a, a like if i sat down with that person and they told me their life story that at the end of that conversation i would be like fuck i'd be a dick on the internet too after that right you know what i mean and it's like you know, right. I act like that yeah but you don't know and it's not an excuse to these people right, right? and, and isn't it interesting that there's also the ones that that do that and then you like reply to them in kind of like a respectful way with like a well thought out thing and and sometimes they respond going like oh yeah i'm sorry i was a piece of shit yeah you're yeah. you know and it's like that's all they wanted was just like uh you know, maybe the people. I, yeah, people. and I think they that wanted to connect with someone, and that was the way they knew how to connect, yep. which isn't the good, it's not a good thing, but you know, and it's not our job to curate a good conversation with someone to with every single person on the on the planet, but we're gonna do our best and be like, look, we're nerds, right. we love shit. You may love the prequels, I might not love the prequels, but we love Star Wars just the same at the end of the day. And if you can accept that and and uh, and can uh, hang with that, then you can come sit with us. Yeah, you know what it was though, Steve. Too, I think that would happen in specifically with like Star Wars, and this is why I mentioned this before. The problem with, and it's not just Star Wars; it's it's fandoms in general. I think that what has happened over the course of the last five six years. The problem is that, and it mentioned like something like the prequels when that was 10, 15, 20 years ago, and you said you didn't like it. There was a conversation, well, why you didn't like it? Blah, blah, blah. I don't like the prequels. I do like the prequels. And it, it, it the conversation could get cordial or you don't like these movies because, right? In the last five or six years, it, it really has gotten political um, in the way that if you like that movie it's because you're following and just this particular example you're following the radical left or oh that's why everything of course you like that movie because because of the the woke agenda and because of this and because of that and then if you if you're like oh you don't like that you you're not on you don't like that movie well clearly it's because you have a racist point of view you're this and, and right or you're dumb or you don't get it yeah. you don't get it and it's like and it's these two conflicting like we're right you're wrong and the politics have crossed over into fandom and it, and it's like 
yeah, it, it becomes tough because it's so, I mean, the political landscape is like, so I, I saw something recently and you know, you hear a bunch of shit, but like America's the closest that it's ever become into going into a civil war, not in a way that back at you with people meeting on a field and battling, but in the scary kind of ways that you used to see in Ireland and shit like that. Right. And that's the kind of place that we're in right now that does transfer over to pop culture. People don't, that's eh, not, it's not, it's different. It's not different. It all transfer over because those same people who are arguing about political stuff, they're watching movies, they're watching mm -hmm. TV, and they mm -hmm. think that the people making it are the bad guys or the people who don't like it are the bad guys. And, and that's, that's where those comments also come into play. Oh, totally. And and that's just a percentage of a percentage of a smaller percentage of a smaller percentage of a smaller smaller yes. percentage. Yes. And, and and when you're talking about like an audience that you've curated uh, based around pop culture, um, it it is just only a small percentage of the of the large amount of people. So there's like, and then there's just everybody in between. There's right. the people that like are respectful and love it, that are great and engaging, and they feel like they're hanging out with their friends, which are the best of the best. And then there's the ones that are just like, you know, maybe a little creepy, and you, you make people yeah. uncomfortable, but but they're doing their best, and and we still accept them and love them. Yes. <laughs> I like to, I just can't. I like to cut. Put it back in your pants. And we said no. Put I, re <laughs> I recently uh, observed that there are people who do you remember the weird kid in the public pool? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from personal history or something? Yeah, from personal history. Yeah. Do you remember being yeah. in public? <laughs> there's, always, there's, always, there's always that weird kid. What, is he pissed in there? What's he doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so my thing is, is that there are some adults who give off the weird kid in the pool vibe, yeah. and that, and and that transfers into adulthood, and that, and there's those people in the oh. in the fandom too, and so oh. you just get, <laughs> you get to a point. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. It's, it's, well, it's but it's it is why I moved to California, though. I I actually came out of here to to be able to piss in the ocean. That's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah finally everybody everybody does you always feel like you're getting away with something yeah the fish do it why can't i do it oh, sure. um yeah, the sharks taking a dump in there absolutely it's their toilet we're just hanging out in their toilet yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like uh yeah so so uh for with the fandom and things like that it's like uh you know we know where all that stuff is and we've gotten to a point in our lives where we've chosen our bat we pick our battles maybe a little bit uh more carefully when you get to a point where you've had all the conversations you can possibly have about the prequels yeah. and yet we can still talk about them forever and ever. But, uh, but anyway, we can move on. We can talk about other shit. Yeah. But that was, that was, that was fun. I mean, I, that's, that's, and well, I guess transitions into it. Have you been watching any of the star Wars or Marvel shows? Are you, are you, are you, yeah. 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 So where, where do you want to start? Cause I watched, I watched all the Marvel shows, except I haven't watched Hawkeye. I, I'm all right. So I'm not gonna be able to t to find out yet what I think that I'll, I'll give you my ranking of the shows. And okay. Then, but that doesn't. But that doesn't mean we'll be on the same page. My mm -hmm. my, my ranking of the shows for Marvel are Loki at number one, number two I got uh, WandaVision, number three Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then four is uh, Hawkeye. Um. That, that being said, I did like Hawkeye. I just the tone for me. Um. A lot of people, what they really liked about it, it does have that Christmas feel. They're trying to go for the Shane Black thing, which is which is fun. And it, it, there's there's just a couple things that I found were a little goofy. Um, okay, didn't play as much. 
So I, I think we're kind of, we're similar. So I, uh, I love Loki, man. Loki's definitely my favorite of the series, the Marvel yeah. series so far. Um, I had so much fun with it, man. And I loved how bonkers it was. And I actually feel like, so WandaVision was awesome too, but is it weird that I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier more than no, WandaVision? That's just tone, that's Have just you heard tone. this opinion though? Dude, you hear so many different opinions from what <laughs> it is a matter of like why. And then I think that very yeah. similar, but but not as dramatic, maybe as for why certain people comment the way they do. Like this is why our opinions are always different. To be like, oh, you're wrong in your opinion. No, you're not, because I don't watch movies the same way you do. Right. Steve. I'm not in your brain. No, I don't we didn't have the same life experiences of why certain things like I just we're we're doing a rewatch series of Batman. Right. And I rewatched right. the 89 Batman like and I'm, I'm older than you are, but I, I had an opportunity to see Batman 89 in the theater. Right. And that was like a major event. So when I rewatched it again, it was very nostalgic for me and certain memories came back up and certain things of being remember being in a comic book shop, like getting the, the, the good old days. And just blending it in, and it added to the experience again that you're not going to have that same experience watching that movie, you know? And don't you think that that helped you and in a way gave uh, you a bit of a bias? A hundred percent. And that's what I mean is that I, where people now might see that movie and go, oh, it's a little dated. It has this, but, yeah, but you don't know. I, I was around. I knew like the impact of what that movie did. I, I think that's where the prequels are, too. Yeah. I think the prequels are very, yeah. it, especially at this point, because those very, have a new appreciation for the prequels. See, sure. a lot of people do. And for me, it's like, I have a new appreciation for the Phantom Menace. Yeah, okay. Because uh, I remember seeing the Phantom Menace in like when it came out. I I was I didn't stay overnight in front of the theater, but I was there very early in the morning. Yeah, and was in a big line with people. And then when we saw it, we had tickets for the next showing right after it. Uh, and I was like, "What did I just see?" I was so confused. I didn't love it. And then I watched it again and was like, "Oh no." Why don't yeah. I love this? And then I struggled with that for the next 30 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, or however many years later. And then, uh, and so I've always kind of just dis disliked it. And then when the other ones came out, I felt like they were each uh, worse than, than, than the one before it. And I was like really upset and I got, uh, I became a really jaded star Wars nerd, but it been in the past like five years of my, what's that? It happened to a lot of people. Oh, yeah, yeah, it really did. And a lot of people didn't come around, and I feel like I haven't really come around, but I came around on The Phantom Menace because after these new ones came out, uh, which I also have different, probably different opinions on than a lot of people, but I, uh, I enjoyed most of them. I don't think um, so. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I like them less and less. Um, yeah, as time goes on. Yeah. Um, not to detract from your point, but the fact. No, sure. The because I, we did all these rewatches for those as well, leading up to uh, like the, the series that are coming out. And the, I really liked the force awakens when I saw it in the theater, but when you watch it now, it's so disappointing knowing what comes next because everything, yeah. it's everything that's set up. And, and the last Jedi is very similar to what you were talking about with Phantom Menace. First time I saw it, I said, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. I try to convince myself that I really liked it. Even said, Oh yeah, this is, it, it is a really good mate. It's a good film. But to me, it doesn't. It, it gets worse and worse as a Star Wars film every time I watch it, and the Rise of Skywalker is just 
to eating cotton candy until <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting is like i agree with that i can't i agree with it and and i still have like a weird like distaste for luke throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder and yeah. and i and i still can't get over it and i keep thinking like man but all i've ever wanted from star wars is for people to start taking like bigger chances yeah and taking us away from desert planets and yeah. uh and things like that oh <laughs> <laughs> right but you know what and i have so much to say about boba fett and i absolutely love it too yeah. but man it's so crazy how we can't get the fuck away from tattooing right back there with Obi-Wan. we're going right back <laughs> it's like when is it in? i'm so <laughs> sick of the the, the desert planets like right, but apparently you- now but look there's new there's new parts of tattooing you can go to power <laughs> if you want to get new, new speeders get some candy red uh swoop yeah. bikes yeah. <laughs> but but like uh you know the oh man it's so funny because you've got a whole galaxy and beyond full of like any kind of planet you could possibly imagine like you look through etsy or not etsy well sure you could look through etsy or or like you know the art the the latest art places where you can see where people's art is and you see like concept artists and you see like uh like you know people who are like aspiring uh industry professionals that make like backgrounds and planets and creatures and things and you're like there is an endless bag of of incredible art out there and yet we keep seeing the same shit in 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 sci-fi and fantasy and everything and it's like all you got to do is do a group a, a search through any of the latest like artist profiles and you're like dude why aren't these people making movies it's so crazy because the problem is it's it's what the audience has comfort yeah but it's also ip driven stuff people get scared totally difference with the movie business and how the movie business and it's right because i've shifted i mean hell mark ellis and i started schmoes no movies right and i i beat the drum now about how i think tv is way more of a satisfying narrative for overall story and definitely for star wars but for but for a lot of different things because the you get to take more time with the characters. You get to spend more time. And the point that I've been hammering down more is that as we, you and I are talking here about how the fandom kind of changed, got angry. One of the reasons, like if you look at, uh, let's say, the, the Force Awakens to The Last Jedi in that time period, when The Force Awakens came out, everybody was happy. It's a, it's a new movie. Three years passed after that. There are some people who said it was a rehash, but for the most part, fan base is happy. Mm-hmm. Three years happened or two years happens. And then the next movie comes out or Rogue One had come around, you know, everybody's still happy, but two years, you got time to wait inside that happiness. And then Last Jedi comes out and people are pissed off. And now it's, now it's a battle for, for people who are pissed and people who are trying to defend it. Then Solo comes out and Solo eats shit. So now you have two years to sit in it before Rise of Skywalker comes out, as opposed to television. I didn't love this last episode of Boba Fett. I liked the show very much, but okay. I didn't like the third episode. I only got to wait a week. Yeah, week. and then there's, and then you'll forget all about it. <laughs> What's Rancor and Danny Trejo going to do next? That's all I care. Yeah, I, I want that series. <laughs> that's it, Rejo, uh, Yeah, Danny Trejo and, and the Rancor. That's all. Yeah. I want. <laughs> you know what was kind of funny about that episode, though. That, now that you mention it, I was like, man, okay, so you're going to give the Rancor. Like, I liked it, by the way, and we can talk about what we liked and didn't like about it if you want. The episode or or just, the whole damn thing. I, I love the whole thing. The whole thing. Okay. And the reason why is because I was like, sure, why the fuck not? We, we'll get our lost boys. 
in there and we'll get them on shiny uh colorful <laughs> you get rufio we got yeah. wheels we got the burger king kids club eh? <laughs> 100%. everyone's there and it's great and i'm like you know what who gives a fuck sure why the fuck not we'll give boba fett his little lost boys team and why not and it'll be great and maybe they'll get their own spinoff and that's another show i don't have to watch or or could watch if i don't want if i want to it's the beauty of having a subscription you just say no <laughs> yeah you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to do anything you don't, want to. You don't need to cancel your subscription you just i'm not watching in this one no no but but there was one moment in the episode uh which i thought was interesting and i and i think it's you know there's a lot of fan servicey shit going on all the time all right. and it's like let's break actually sure at this point i'm like if you can do it in a way that doesn't feel like it's forced then i then i'm on board like the rancor thing was really close because okay. i because i was like in the in the episode before they did that joke where they dropped the guy down into the rancor pit and then there wasn't a rancor and it was like cool man and i'm like boba fett is gonna have this whole new way of running things there doesn't have to be a rancor there doesn't have to be uh you know like a bib fortuna even though i guess the robot kind of is but uh the matt barry robot right right but but uh you know, you don't need all the things Jabba had, and you don't need all this recognizable shit for us to understand that he's the new Jabba, and that's what the whole show is about uh, so far. But, you know, then they bring the Rancor in, and you're like, all right, fine. I guess, Sure, why not? Let's have a fucking Rancor. Like, I could have done I didn't need a Rancor. I I, I got to be honest. I yeah. love the Rancor. Big it's creature me. puppet. Big Phil Tippett fan. Love the fucking Rancor so much. Like, trust me, dude. I fucking love Rancor. But we didn't need him. Yeah, here, we didn't need it. Until, I want to see. I want to revisit you though, because when Boba Fett rides in on that motherfucker, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, but see, okay, but <laughs> syndicate. And okay, then- okay, yeah, that's the point. So, like, now that we have the rancor, it's like, okay, sure, I'm on board. I don't give a fuck. They got real close to to making me go like. Ugh, all right yeah. fine now what now we're gonna get a band in there yeah. in the java's palace and then it's gonna be like java's palace like whatever if that's what they do then whatever uh so now i'm on board with rancor but it was interesting how when they were down in like the the pit and they had danny trejo down there yeah and they gave us that whole like um you know a uh, new new canon for rancors i guess because there yeah. was an old canon yeah about rancors and where they came from and there's a lot of games wasn't there like a game where you go to rancor planet and you like i remember that in knights of the republic you could you, you had to battle them at one point you had to fight one or something but yeah, yeah yeah uh but anyway there was all this old canon and i don't know how much they're borrowing from it for this new one but they're all they're establishing this new thing that like rancors are like ha- are smarter and and uh more emotional than we thought and they have like feelings and yeah. they're like big puppies now at this point and i'm like but you think he still wants to be locked up in a dungeon or Lock him in a dungeon. but but i thought that, that- <laughs> More sense to that return of the jedi scene where you understood why the trainer had such more of a connection with him for sure which i which i love and i think that's great and i love like instantly when danny trejo didn't leave after the the like the jabba's or the the uh twins left yeah you're like oh fuck trejo's the new rancor keeper that's so cool and yeah. now we're gonna fucking trejo be the rancor keeper yeah. l- love it on board but yeah. i just thought it was so funny that they're trying to like make this emotional 
thing out of this rancor but it's like but you're still like enslaving it you're like still you're still in a cage you're yeah. still enslaving oh, it no, Boba Fett lets everybody go so it'll probably let him go too uh, yeah well yeah I guess <laughs> I guess we're, so. we're gonna talk, talk about we, we both agree that Boba Fett has the worst security in the world <laughs> absolutely taken asleep and now somehow the, the Wookiee comes in like Ethan Hunt style and yeah show. the biggest oh. Wookiee on the that has ever existed well you know the, the huts knew the secret passageway i'm like seven <laughs> foot wookie guard in the back to tank the two pigs not i know the, the most vulnerable place in the entire palace the, the back to tank at night <laughs> all hanging out when he's doing the bear hug like, yeah i mean you know and you could from a fan perspective be like yeah but boba fett's a badass and they're not gonna let anything bad happen to him and he's like expecting danger at every moment and honestly like his whole boba fett's like entire life yeah. has probably been one eye open sleeping with one eye open like forever you know he's like the master of that so maybe at this point he's like i don't give a fuck who sneaks up on me i'm ready for a fight whenever it happens <laughs> but still but for someone that's the new guy of of tatooine it's like get some fucking guards bro man it's like that's my favorite it's like oh you're the charge of the family who's the family you the two pigs and the robots <laughs> we get the power rangers gang and we got a squad right uh, right all right, let's try to move out of Star Wars. I know it's okay. hard for us, but um, uh, okay. so the other thing is, all right, other well, you're talking about the Marvel show, so you yes. got um, so you, Loki loved Loki, yeah. uh, and then WandaVision was uh, a really promising in the beginning, yeah, and then I felt like it kind of became, I was like, man, they're doing some really um, unique stuff that they would never be able to do in the movies, probably. And you think they fell into the Marvel trope at the end? Yeah, yeah, and I think Loki didn't. Yeah, Loki. And Loki I, set the rules for everything. If you, if you watch like No Way Home and all that, it's it set the rules. Because yeah, because eventually it was like, all right, we got our big battle, we got our big the world's gonna end shit, and then we got our big. And it was like Loki did it too, but it like stuck with the unique weirdness of that world they created. Yeah. And with uh with Wandavision, they like stepped outside of it, and then and for me, and I get why like a lot of people probably liked that. Uh, but I wanted to kind of live in that weird TV world yeah. and just kind of let that be the most of the meat of the show. But well, I you know what it was. I don't I understand the point. I think I really enjoyed the show, but I understand the point because the way that I compared that show for the first like three or four episodes, it's it has that lost feel. Right. Like, yes. Where you don't you don't totally you don't know what's happening. Who's in the hatch? What's what's like that type of thing? But lost. Ha, even though some say maybe too long got to play in that mystery box for at least like three or four seasons mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. you deliver the oh well that's what's happening in like the fifth episode of this so it is condensed tremendously mm -hmm. but right. I, didn't, I didn't mind it because i looked at it like a bigger movie there were some and i, I actually like the idea how they turned it in, and i think that what marvel had to do in their first one out is say hey 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 yeah this is different and this is crazy but it's still marvel check it out yeah, yeah yeah i felt like loki did the hey this is different but it's still marvel a little bit better i agree that's that it, for me. Yeah. i don't know why i maybe it's the writing maybe it's the directing are i don't know maybe it's the multiverse actor. are you a multiverse parallel universe guy i absolutely and by the way in i i recently fell into a hole of the mandela effect okay. do, do you know about the mandela effect oh tell me you gotta know this. The Berenstain Bears, the Berenstein Bears thing. Oh, 
Koi was talking about this recently. What's what, what? Refresh my memory. So multi. <laughs> There's so there's this thing called the Mandela effect, and it it's it's supposedly the idea that we are all experiencing something together yeah. that is it that's wrong, that's incorrect, okay. but we remember it right. But we're all but but the proof is there's proof that we were wrong. For example, the Berenstain yeah. Bears are a a cartoon cartoony yeah, bear family yeah, storybooks. Everybody knows eighty seven books that I read to my daughter every night. Of the Ex- exactly, and yeah. and so, but so many of us remember that they were called the Berenstain Bears, yeah. not the Berenstain Bears. But if you look, it is Berenstain Bears, and it's like okay, so maybe we were just always not pronouncing it correctly. Uh, but but falling into this meta metaverse uh, multiverse idea, uh, I was reading about another one that kind of blew my mind. Do you remember Ed McMahon? Of course. Hey. Yeah. Hey, Ed McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah hey now. So Ed McMahon, uh, when we when we were kids, uh, did this publisher's clearinghouse thing, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. where he would go door to door and and give people big yeah. giant checks. Yeah. It turns out that that is an incorrect thing. Ed McMahon was not involved in Publishers Clearinghouse at all. What was he doing? Something else, but it wasn't Publishers Clearinghouse. And also, Stouffer's Stovetop Stuffing yeah. is not, it's not, Stouffer's is not the, the stuffing brand. Stouffer's does not make stovetop stuffing. Okay. So that's what this, so that's uh, us all. So it's us all collectively remembering something in a certain way yeah. and then looking for proof and finding out that we were wrong. Like the whole, like, you know, Shazam, they, like people are saying that there was a genie movie with Sinbad yeah. in it and they remember seeing it, but there isn't a genie movie with Sinbad. That doesn't I, exist. Really? Really, dude. I remember that too. <laughs> dude, look it up. There is no genie movie with Sinbad. It doesn't exist. So, so I love the multiverse idea because to me, there are people that say the Mandela effect is, is uh, another universe leaking into ours. And at some point, our universe became this other universe where there was Berenstain Bears and Ed McMahon wasn't involved in Publishers Clearinghouse. And the Fruit of the Loom logo had a cornucopia, yeah. but, but it doesn't. There's all this weird shit. It blows. It blows my mind. It keeps. Well, I'll even blow your mind also because I was I was looking up stuff. I don't know. It's probably a year ago, and and the pandemic when it, as it first started, you're going through crazy loopholes, right? You're basically. I don't know if you've ever seen Dark City, but you're like, oh yeah, man, you're, you're like that guy, or or you know, in, scribbling on the walls. <laughs> but like, yeah. uh, so one of the things that I was like, I was looking up when you die, do you go to what is it multiverses? Is it parallel universes? And there are people that swear that they were that they were transferred over in their moment of death to a parallel universe and there was this one guy who was driving and he was driving and he saw a truck coming and he just kind of snapped out of it and he was fine and it didn't happen it was a he just kind of like a weird flash but when he got back to his place things were different they were the same but they were different like oh baron stain bears were baron stein bears were baron yeah, stain bears right and it was like something along the lines of like you know he, he he there was a guy that he was he got along with very well who didn't like him anymore? Wow! All this stuff, and I was reading this whole Dude, thing. love it. So that kind of stuff, I love, and that's love why it. that's why Loki worked for me. Did you? I haven't watched. I did a poll on this channel of what people think I should watch, and one that was people who seen it swear by 
is this show dark? Have you seen this show? Dude, holy it- shit. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yes. I am so um, obsessed with dark right now. <laughs> is it great? That's so crazy that you mentioned this because yeah, I love it. I watched season one back when it dropped on Netflix way back when, maybe like three or four years ago or something. And I was like, this is maybe the coolest time travel thing I've seen in a really long time. Watch this thing. So, and, and saying it's a time travel thing is maybe a little bit of a spoiler, but I can't think of another way to get people into this show because the title isn't very good dark it's like well i don't really need dark shit right now (laughs) and it just so happens that it is very dark it's not a very happy show and it's not a very uplifting show butterfly effect that type of thing uh yeah more psychological and kind of a thriller thriller vibes but it's a hardcore drama yeah uh but it's so fucking good dude it's so good so season one fantastic and i and then season two came out and i was like "Eh, maybe i'm not gonna watch this because the first season was such a bummer and then recently i saw friends talking about it on twitter and uh one of my another one of my friends was like really talking it up like it's one of the best series ever so i was like all right so i am back in i watched season two a couple weeks ago and now i'm like in the middle of season three which is the final i think the final one yeah so that's what so the the ones that i had up there um that i put on the poll was dark um arcane which um have you watched that yet no I've heard things though. It's the it's the League of Legends show, right? Um, yeah, everyone's saying it's amazing. Pretty great. I've watched two episodes so far. I don't know why I do these polls, Steve. I put the poll out, and it was the second one on the list. Yeah, <laughs> supposed to do it first. Um, so, <laughs> so it was, but that was number two. The first one was The Witcher, season one and season two. Yeah, Witcher's good, man. I haven't watched season two yet, but I loved season one. Okay, and then the other one was Dexter, the final season, which I was a big Dexter guy. Did you watch the final season? No, but I was also kind of a big Dexter guy, and then I didn't care anymore, and I didn't see the last season proper. Okay. Uh, and then didn't really care. And then when it came back, I didn't really care, and I'm kind of – I don't think I'm going to go back there. I started the first three episodes, and I dug it. Um, yeah, I'm hearing yeah. things, but I, I don't. Do. it's enough for it to get me back. I want to finish it because I also really love Clancy Brown. Um, Ooh. Clancy Brown's in it. and, and Nice. So- and it looks to go back to the roots and something that might be able to sell you on it if you were a big Dexter fan. Mm-hmm. So the season that it started to go downhill for me was, uh, and this is spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched Dexter. If you haven't watched Dexter before, I'm giving you a spoiler. I'll put it in the time code. You've been warned. Ready? That's Here. so kind of you, Christian. I have to do that. So after Rita, after Rita dies, um, they the the season kind of went to sh- the, the the series started to go downhill because he had no purpose anymore as far as right. like she, she was he was trying to balance both both sides of it um it, wow I, that's kind of early on isn't it isn't that like season four it was season four it was the end because hmm. that also happened to be one of the best seasons of television even though it, it started going downhill and one of the other reasons is because the showrunner left afterwards mm. didn't come mm-hmm. back but that showrunner came back for new blood hmm. and, and you can feel it you can tell from what okay. I so far that's so that's something if that if that okay. you. yeah yeah i mean there's just so much man like i think coming back to dark was a big deal for me yeah. and it has paid off so i'm like you know i'm i'm in, i'm in it now but right. i just don't know if i'm ever going back to dexter I'll, I'll 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 see what happens when it's done because you know we were just talking about how it's hard to watch the the uh the new the star wars sequels right 
uh, because it, you know where it ends. Yeah. And I felt the same way about Game of Thrones. Like, I'm probably never going to rewatch yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Were you really bummed uh, by the last season? I mean, I was just kind of like, you mind. know, at this point in our lives, we've learned to accept that these shows are probably not going to end in a perfect way. Yeah. It's really rare when a series ends in a perfect way. And so I was kind of not expecting anything huge anyway, but I, w- I wasn't just, I wasn't devastated by the end of game of Thrones, but I was like, okay. I mean, clearly the, the show quality stopped uh, being good when they were done with George R. R. Martin's source material. Once they went off on their own. Um, I think that was harder for them. I get, I get Benioff totally, totally credit. Cause I think there's a lot of stuff they did that was really good. And I didn't, I think that it became, it became more of a movie that you would write. Like if you could make a game of Thrones, like fan fiction almost, right? Yes. That you can do because you don't have any more source material. Like you said, there was, that's why I didn't mind the last season. I understand fully that diehard fans of like the books are just like, what are we doing here? I get it. Yeah. It wasn't one of those people. So I was able to go, all right, that's, a, that's an interest. I don't like that choice, but I didn't mind it. I didn't mind. Yeah. It. I guess it's just like, you can't please everybody, obviously. And just like we were saying, it's impossible kind of. So, yep. uh, yeah. So I was a little bummed out about that, but like I'm, so in, in regards to Dexter, if someone's like, by the time it's all done, yeah is like oh it's real good then maybe i'll check it out but if by the time it's all done they're like eh, it wasn't really worth oh, it then. it's over they just finished it up on sunday so i've got a i got i got three i got three in but i'm not but but there's other things i want to finish arcane that's something i'm definitely going to get into and, and finish because i'm really digging it it's really it's, it's very interesting to me and i think that i hope from what i've seen the way that, going back to what you said before even though it's not necessarily a a, a new ip but it's a it's a fresher ip for people that don't really are like i don't know enough about league of legends i don't, I don't same I'm, right so so the idea of if this show can be as popular that it eventually probably turn into a live action also i know there's a lot of hardcore fans like hey, i don't need to the animation's perfect and i get it but it's bigger business when you're in when you're putting people in live action and those things so i think yeah i like the world that they set up so far I really like it two episodes in and i'm 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 excited to watch the rest yeah, basically anybody I've talked to who has seen it has said that it's very, very good, which is fun. like a rare thing. Yeah, it's 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 well, fun maybe not the best word, but it's it's a it's a good it's a really interesting take on and and as far as how science fiction you're gonna get if you get good decent science fiction you're gonna get me on board. And yeah, absolutely. And if it's high concept science fiction, ooh baby, sign me up. I think you'll dig it, Steve. I think you'll like it a lot. From okay, I, I'll so. check it out. So The Witcher is probably the next one that I'll I have to go back and forth with. But now we're doing all these rewatches on Batman leading up to the Batman, which I guess is our maybe, maybe our last topic that, okay. for, on the show today. The the Batman. Now, if you look at Spider, Spider-Man No Way Home was that, like there's you get these pockets as you, you and I are in this business. You see these pockets of the big movies that, you know, oh, that's the one everyone's talking about right now. That's the big one. Right. Mm-hmm. Because of the pandemic, there really weren't, weren't any. I mean, Black Widow had come out. Did OK. Did fine. Shang-Chi came out. Did OK. But there's no, no big event movies yet until No Way Home comes out. No Way Home comes out. And it's like it, it shatters records. It does all this stuff. Multiverse the, the hell out of the damn thing. And now we're getting into another big movie, potentially if they stick to the date in March for the Batman. Um, I have always championed Robert Pattinson for Batman. I always think that he was uh, 
what we were just talking about before with Hayden Christensen. People pigeonholed him into one particular role, and he was fantastic in Good Time. He was fantastic in uh, The Rover. He was in all these different movies. Lighthouse. Lighthouse. But that was, but that was, but that was, I think, after he got cast as Batman. And, oh right, right, right! But the but beforehand, leading into and showing what he can do, this chop wasn't that. Oh no, never mind. I was gonna say, wasn't he in some horror movie? But that was Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, wasn't yeah. It? Woman in Black. Yeah, yeah. But he's so he is um, a really fantastic actor, and couple that with Matt Reeves, who mm-hmm. slammed down the Apes franchise. Love um, Matt Reeves so much. This is my highly, most highly t- anticipated movie of the year for sure, and. That's interesting to say, considering there's been so many freaking tellings of Batman um, that to still be excited about it, I think, is an achievement of what they showed. It's like seven meets Batman and what you've seen in the trailers. Do you, do you are you are you hyped for this movie? Or are you on the, on the? Oh, no, I'm hype. I'm super. I'm ready. I, I think it's time for a new kind of take on Batman. And uh, it seems like that's what they're doing with this one. But, you know, to me, it felt like. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to some friends about this a little bit like the uh, to, to what it looks what it looks like to me because like I don't read uh, much of the Batman comics like I read some of the major ones back in the day uh, but but I don't keep up on on a lot of the Batman lore and uh, the movies as of late were kind of like you know whatever uh, yeah. Ben Affleck as Batman was like you know you not my favorite. No, I didn't mind him. I, I, I kind of, I, did you, did you like this? We don't have to get into this full conversation, but it's a, did, did you like the Snyder cut? No. Oh, okay. I loved it. Yeah. I, I watched it once. I felt like it was like watching it four times. I feel like there's a world where maybe I'll watch it again someday, but uh, yeah, no, I was pretty, pretty confused by most of it actually. Sure. But, right, uh, but uh, to me, the, the, the marketing of this new Batman movie, it looks like we've got kind of a young Bruce Wayne, who's learning how to be Batman and is probably really violent at first and is like learning how to be the, the, like, you know, the stoic stone, uh, you know, world's greatest detective Batman that we know now. Is that kind of what we're getting out of this movie? What it looks like to me. That's what it looks like, right? Because you're trying, and I think they're going to change some of the mythos a little bit, or maybe even a different type of, you never know how many different levels there are in in DC of which comics they're going to pull from, but it looks like in this one, and this could just be speculation, that somehow Thomas Wayne is involved in some of this because the Riddler knows more in all these clues. He's he's essentially the John Doe setting this stuff up. And then instead, instead of Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman looking forward, it's, it's, it's Alfred and, and Bruce Wayne. And Matt, okay. Reeves said, Matt Reeves has said that Bruce Wayne and Alfred don't have the relationship that we know. Normally they, they kind of, Bruce Wayne's kind of pissed off at Alfred in this. One. Whoa. Okay. I, I'm into that. I yeah. see anytime where they kind of switch things up a little bit. I'm always on board. I'm always like, let's see, I'll give it a chance. Uh, when you mentioned that we've got like a seven kind of thing going on with this Batman, yep. certainly aesthetically and uh, and in a lot of ways, it feels that way, especially with kind of like the uh, the Zodiac version of the Riddler. Yes. They kind yes. of revealed recently and stuff. Yeah. So I'm like really on board with that idea. But I was talking to my friends about this idea. And it was just one of those things where you just go off on a tangent with your friends, yep. kind of like what we're doing right now. Yep. Uh, and we were talking about how how fucking cool would it be if this movie 
skip the fucking origin shit skip the fucking young batman learning how to be old the the eventual old batman and just go straight to world's greatest detective i think that's what they're doing dude if that's what they're doing over just like a fucking like moody young like i'm not gonna follow the rules kind of batman mixture of both okay so i want way less of that as if as i mean and this is just me like some people might want more of that or they like the mixture of both but man i would fucking love it so hard well, if you know, we just like those, the way that? that is that did you like the did you like the daniel craig some of the daniel craig bond movies yeah 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 so the reason i bring that up is when you see the first movie the the um casino royale it's yeah a, it's a it's a very different bond it's almost like born identity bond it totally we, is and then by the time you get to the last movie he's the bond that would that we know yes bond I think that's what they're going to do with this Batman. I think this Batman is going to have a lot of that angst and a lot of that trying to figure it out. And by the time you get to, two, they want to do a trilogy. So the time you get to two and three, I think that we get to, uh, I think we get to exactly what you're talking about. See, because if we start to get, like, if we get like a, st- <laughs> like they could just replace the seven script, yeah, like, right. like beat for beat with Batman and with Bruce Wayne and Alfred yep. as the Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt roles, they could just copy it and have Riddler be the fucking, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, what were they, what do they call him? The killer, oh, the John yeah. Doe. Yeah. John Doe. Yeah. And, and, and they could just replicate it to a T. It doesn't have to be deadly sins. It could be some other thing. So I think that, I think they definitely could do that, but dude, look, look, and I, I, I could talk to you for four hours, but I, I like, I don't want to keep you that long. So, uh, let, so speaking of Morgan Freeman, before we go here, would you like to hear Morgan Freeman's audition as as Mace Windu? Absolutely, give it to me, man. <laughs> here, here, this is this is Morgan Freeman auditioning for the role of Mace Windu. Right. Out some of the lines and then got mad and didn't realize what it was and then walked off the set. Is is, is this is this you, sir? I got I got to. Uh, yeah, there, there might be. Yeah, now I yeah. don't. <laughs> I'll try to play. Uh, let me see if I have. Uh... <laughs> yeah, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you got that clip. Yep. All right, here we go. Uh, and let me see if I can find it. I'm trying to find. All right, ready? Here it is. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. He can. He will not be trained. No, this, this. Let me. This little, this little bitch here is not. Ain't no Jedi. No, hold up. Hold up. Hold up, George. This little bitch here ain't no Jedi. Muppet-headed motherfucker. Really First of all, you're angry. Second of all, you you cried too much, you know. Let it go, okay. Your mother was a slave, and uh, you know she went up to some stuff. You, you, and by what the way, does you, that you, mean? Oh, shut up, George. Keep rolling. Shut up. <laughs> My lightsaber's purple, and by the way, which is racist. What is this purple? Everybody else, you know. Don't don't come at me. Don't come at me. I guess that was that was the clip. He, I mean, he goes, he goes, he goes, oh wait, there was more. I think there was more. <sighs> what do you see now? Oh, a cup, a ship. Uh huh. Do you see my middle finger? <laughs> How about my boot in your ass? Do you see that? Get out of here. Why don't you put your hand in this box and feel pain? Oh, that's a different movie because you're red. Frank Herbert's known. And you said, oh, I know. I'll just redo this shit. No, fuck you, too. <laughs> How great was that? Dude, that's crazy. Without seeing who's doing it, yeah. you're like, that's just, that's Morgan Freeman. Just 
Crash Robert Thompson is is absolutely he's, damn. He's incredible. That's so good. What a sound bite, man. It's really good. It's what fun. a treat. Yeah, I know. So, uh, look, uh, there's tons of sound bites from this episode, my friend. It was a it was a pleasure to have you. And I also have a friend here. Do me a favor, please. Get out of here. Get out of here, man. Shit. All right, we're trying. We're trying. We're gonna get out of here. So. It's- <laughs> It's time to get out of here. It is the end of the show. And Steve, tell tell the peeps what what where they can find your show, what you've been doing, and how they can uh, go support. Well, you could just follow me on the socials where I kind of blast what I'm up to at Steve Zaragoza on on all the things. Uh, I have a couple of podcasts, Dynamic Banter, with my uh, comedian friend Mike Falzone, very funny boy. We were kind of bonkers crazy boys and we we get nerdy we were born from a podcast called cloverfields where we talked about all of the cloverfield uh arg stuff and like the movies and stuff and we we nerded out about it a lot so from time to time we get nerdy there and then uh the valley cast is another show that i do weekly with uh joe beretta and elliot morgan uh over there on uh, where you get podcasts and shit and then you know whatever i kind of just you know i'm just doing my thing i'm kind of you know i'm depressed are you Oh right? yeah, is it because of the because of the shit? Because getting back, having to stick- yeah, life sucks. It's yeah. it's not the same, and we gotta adapt. And yeah. uh, you know, but I'm working through it, and things are okay, and I have a real good support system, and good. you know, obviously things will get better. I know how to handle this, so you don't have to worry about me or anything. But well, good. Listen, this is if you need this, I'm not kidding you. I'm telling you that I tell you this off the air, and I'll tell you this on there. If you need this for a place, you just want to come in here and, and shoot the shit, and it makes you laugh, then then come on the show and let's. Oh, dude, it. have me back anytime. Are you kidding right. me? Not just to help me have fun with a friend, but if you want me to genuinely uh, vo- brain vomit all over you uh, like we just did i'm yes I'm, and when I'm we're back in studio you definitely have to come in the studio because I, I need you to hang out with like, oh please brett and steph and everybody too and it'll be it'll be a blast please i would love it i'd love to see everybody again it'd be really nice all right everybody the great steve zaragoza please go and check him out it has been a pleasure and, and for you guys once again here is that stupid graphic make sure that you hit subscribe do the follow. Do all of it, everybody. It is very, very crucial if you go to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, all of it. That is where we are really moving and grooving, but we need your help. So make sure you check it out. And don't forget about the Patreon. We have two new uh, tiers happening in the Patreon, both Movie Trivia, Schmodown, bunch of new offerings over there and we have tons of stuff now before on the sen live patreon we didn't have before because of both the big thing and sith council and stuff that we've been doing on this channel there there was never any of the christian harloff uh channel stuff on there well now there is so the link is in the description for both patrons browse around and see which one is for you all right everybody for myself and steve zaragoza we are happy that you joined us leave your comments i answer back as many as i can i promise i'm gonna keep trying See you in the next one. The big thing. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 